0: Welcome to the One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So, let's dive in born ready crikey we made it first time for any of you that listen often you know that we often click go and one person's laptop messes up it freezes and we probably take about four attempts at actually getting the podcast to work but this time we only took one um so i think that's a big round of applause if the editor you could put a round of applause in here that'd be great
1: we should do like we obviously when we started this podcast it was pandemic wasn't it yeah, um, yeah i believe it was so we started the podcast in pandemic and everything's always been done over zoom and we've never actually changed that um we should do like an, an in-person episode but i feel like you know you can rent those booths can't you you can get proper um yeah, unfortunately yeah, i don't think i think probably for us we'd have to go to brighton that's like the closest that there would be one
0: yeah well what you do is just do just record like couple of episodes so. yeah you'd, you'd go there we'd record one day record four episodes in the booth so that's the month of of podcasts
1: yeah but it works it would work um anyway
0: so how are you doing ryan how's things how's tricks good mate yeah, yeah can't complain just got back from the gymnasium sun is shining it's a little bit cooler i'm not one to whinge about the heat but it was hot
1: yeah Although it definitely one
0: extreme. Yeah, although I got excited. Obviously, I've literally like, I have cold showers anyway, but I got excited and I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, I'm gonna have a warm shower now, and then after the gym have a cold shower to calm me down. You forget that having a warm shower, sometimes you're literally like boiling for like the next like four hours. So I had a cold had a hot had like a warm shower. And then obviously it was getting I sometimes I, I shower before the gym. Is that weird? I don't know. And no, it
1: oh, I had this conversation with Sophie actually. It depends, I think. It really depends. Like, will you shower? It doesn't matter what time you go. You always shower before the gym.
0: No, 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 no. I always go first thing in the, in, in the morning. Like, I always have to shower. I always have two showers a day because I always shower in the morning, which just typically is before the gym. And then I'll shower after the gym, ready for the rest of the day. If it's in the afternoon, I'll just still shower in the morning, do all my work, go to the gym, and then I'll have a shower in the evening. So I always have two showers a day.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll typically, like, if, if I go in the morning, I will... If I go at like 6am, I have a shower the night before and then go. And then, but saying that, with recently when it's been so hot because I've mm. been sweating so much at night, I've had to then get a shower yeah, and then go. But I'm in, talking about showers, I, I reckon I'm this close and for those listening, you obviously can't see. It's like a, it's like a, I'm pinching my fingers together. Very, very close. I'm that close to buying a
0: proper cold therapy bath as in like a the plunge pool a, oh like a pop oh. so I've been on the lookout for just like the, the you know like the Lumi the Lumi ones you can see those ones problem is they like 100 quid I remember when it first they first come out they're like 40 quid and so now it's like 100 quid I'm almost like mm. there was one the other day that I got an advert for and it was 70 quid when I said to um, Rose of day I was like "This one." it was yesterday literally it was yesterday it was 70 quid and I was like oh, it's the cheapest one I've seen in a while
1: well, the one that I'm looking at is a grand and a
0: half. Oh yeah. You're talking like a proper tub. Cause a,
1: a proper tub yeah, with
0: it's the, like a bath. the, yeah. Like, so it's, it's incredible, mate. Like even I would say about the mental health benefits, but I'm someone who gets really, and bless my daughter. She's caught it as well, unfortunately. But, um, you could probably hear her vaguely for the podcast listeners. Unfortunately, she's crying. She won't go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, she's unfortunately caught that off of me. My mum said I've always been a very hot and sweaty kid. I just run hot. Um, I don't know why. Like I, I struggle in, like, really hot temperatures to, like, cool down. Anyway, they've been a god... Like, cold showers, because there's science behind that. They lower your core temperature down for, like... Is it 24? It might, it might be up to, like, 24 hours. But either way, ever since doing them, I've managed to handle the heat so much better.
1: Yeah. I, like, I just... I feel, like, so... I've always, like, weirdly, for years and years and years and years, like, as long as I can remember, Mm -hmm. I've always had cold showers. I never have hot showers. Like, I never, ever, ever have hot showers. I always have cold showers.
0: Yeah, they're not... uh, You just get hot and... Like, I like them, but then I come out, like, hot and bothered, and I'm just like, the point.
1: No, I, I I come out feeling fresh, but going back... Where did I go recently? I can't remember. It was, like, some... I stayed somewhere for a couple of nights, I can't think the, where it was, and they had a one of those cold plunge pools, and mm-hmm. there was like a, one of those therapy pools, and they got like the steam and sauna, and I got in, I was getting into, I was only staying at the hotel for like two or three nights, but I'll, I went down in the morning, I'd go in the cold pool, and I'd always, like my energy was like not, noticeably different, I felt so much better, because we're not talking like 12 degree cold, like shower type thing, I'm talking like, five degrees like yeah, four it's degrees freezing. like it's, it's freezing it like it does something to you and i can't i can't explain and it. it's like I was adrenaline, thinking,
0: first and foremost that's what like i even i get out of cold shower and i'm literally power jack like i've had eight coffees but you don't have the come down that you have that i get the caffeine which is even better
1: yeah and i was i was trying to ex- i was and for someone that detests anything to do with cold so my fiance hates like anything cold like cold showers like she's like she can't understand I have a cold shower. Like the thought of that is like jumping in ice for her. So for me telling her that I really, really want to buy this like plunge pool, which I can't, I haven't like pulled with the trigger yet. But for me telling her, she can't fathom it. She's like, I don't like why on earth? She was like, why would you do that? She was like, it makes no sense. But I'm like, I can't describe to you the feeling that you get through doing that. And I'm like, imagine if I had that every single day, I'm like, just imagine if I had that feeling every single day. Like, because the between having a cold shower, yes, I feel good at coming out of it. But from that like plunge that I was doing coming out, it's like so, it's like a world apart. And I'm like, what would happen to my productivity? What would like are we always talk about morning routine, right? We always talk about morning routine, how it sets the tone for your day. It's something that we talk about inside of the academy a lot. It's like, this is why, of course, you and we're going, we're gonna be going we're going off piste here. We're going way off piste. Yeah, six, but,
0: six minutes in we we're well off piece.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going well off piece. but I think it's a salient point. And we talk about obviously, and I say this to all my clients, I'm like you, you know, when it comes to losing weight, you can essentially, you can eat whatever you want. It's up to you. But if you're starting the day having like a bowl of cocoa pop, so you're starting the day having something that is less nutrient dense I think it sort of sets the tone for how the rest of the day is going to go. And I know my own personal habits is like if I have cereal in the morning that is like, you know, something like Coca Pops or something like that, I'm far less likely to continue. Uh, I'm far less likely to then want to have more nutritious food. Whereas I think I feel like if I have a really nutrient-dense breakfast, this I, I feel like psychologically I want to continue eating nutrient-dense foods. And this is what I'm, i'm thinking about like this cold bath or this cold therapy i'm like if i can start the day feeling amazing well how is that going to then impact everything else i do moving forward for the rest of the day and i'm i'm one of those guys that is very very much built on momentum it's like when i have momentum with something when i'm like prime example today right so for the listeners yesterday we Ryan and I, we had uh, like a business meeting, speak about like things that need to change, what we want to do for the business. Like, because I came out that feeling like I had so much more clarity, then obviously then we went out on things that we need to do. This morning, it was a completely different energy for me. I woke up and I was like, right, I need to do this, 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 get this done, smash this out because I want to do this. I want to like, and I've, I've got this momentum going now. And it's like, this is probably opening, honestly, the first time in ages that like I've actually remembered we're doing an 11am 11 11 a, 11 a. podcast yeah, on a Thursday because I've actually got it all laid out. Like, I feel like I've got the momentum moving today and like I, I'm... I know my day is going to be successful. I know I'm going to complete everything that I want to do because that momentum's there. So, like, I'm just trying to find ways now. It's almost like biohacking, isn't it? It's like, how can I find ways to just set myself up for the. And this actually leads nicely into the topic that we're going to speak about today. But I'm thinking about how can I set myself up for the most possible success throughout a day? Like, what is it that I can do that's in my power, it's in my control to set myself up for the most successful day possible? And you know, I'm I'm not saying cold showers is like the only answer to doing this, but I'm like, is it only going to benefit me further? So I'm, this is how me and my partner have very different like investment mentalities, because I'm always like, what is the return that I'm getting on? Yes, it may be like a thousand pounds, like 1,500 pounds, but is the return greater than the investment? And then, so for me, I'm like, is the return of that 1,500 M- better for my mental health than not doing it at all and better for like me and me, my productivity like all of this sh- shizzle, shizzle um, so that kind of leads us nicely into what we're going to talk about today right which is planning planning and well, we don't planning. mean planning by like batch cooking your meals and stuff like that even though you know some people do like to do that we actually mean it it's, the saying that I always use my clients isn't it is fail to prepare prepare to fail And again, it's not just like pre-cooking your meals and stuff like that. It's literally across the board. Think of every single thing, right, that you do. How much more successful would you do if you planned it? And if you had the awareness to what's happening. And I think so many people are so caught up in just ad-libbing their day. And especially when it comes to nutrition, they're just so used to ad-libbing their nutrition, almost just paying like cat calorie and um macro tetris to try and match everything up and there was a uh not gonna name names but there was someone in our six week um fat loss accelerator that i saw basically put up a post saying um really struggling to get my protein with my calories and the only reason you're struggling to get your protein with your calories is because you haven't pre-planned you haven't prepared that's literally yeah. uh, as much as y- you're gonna hate this answer like it's the truth yeah. that's the only reason you
0: can't and this is it like like you prior you plan what you prioritize you never like <clears throat> you never just suddenly go right we're gonna go on holiday last minute and just suddenly book it drive there go on holiday not think about anything and just do everything last minute because you know it'd be an absolute logistical shit show right it's like that with everything, everything that you plan. If you're going to go away for the weekend, you plan it. If you're going to travel, you plan it. You With work, you have to plan your work. If you're going to do stuff at the weekend with the kids or whatever, you're going to plan it. If you want to do stuff for your business or your job, you're going to plan Everything in life that you prioritize, that you know that you can't, you can't afford for it to go wrong, like you don't want a holiday and stuff to go wrong, where you turn up and you've got the wrong flight saying, you plan ahead because you know that then it is done and set. And it's gonna happen exactly how you wanted to for the majority part, right? But for some reason when it comes to weight loss and it comes to our food, it's exactly exactly the opposite. And it's like, the more that you plan, the less you leave to chance. And I think this is something that a lot of women don't understand is that you are literally leaving your weight loss to chance if you don't plan in one way, shape or form, whether it's your calories, whether it's your workouts for the week, whether it's how you're gonna get your steps, whether it's planning on how you're gonna better your sleep. Every bit that you can plan leaves less chance to success and increases your chance of success if you do it. And so many times it's like, oh, this didn't work. And if, if you take a step back and you think about every single time that you've failed weight loss, right? Nine times out of 10 is you get overwhelmed because something in life happens, you get stressed and you then overconsume, or you make the quote-unquote wrong decisions, or you just decide to quit because you weren't able to stick to it. But it's because you haven't planned. You every time that you go into something you're like, "Oh, I was super stressed after I did that." Okay, cool. Well, what happened? Well, earlier on the day, I just had to grab this on the go, and that wasn't a very good choice. And this is. A, Whereas if you know, like, you've got a stressful day tomorrow, okay, cool, i am gonna plan, right, what am I going to have for breakfast? I know I'm on the road, so I need to think a little bit about, right, where am I going to be able to stop for my lunch? Am I going to get it from a petrol station or a gas station if you're in there? Or I know I've got a meal out with... Um, my work. Okay, I'm going to plan it. I'm going to look at the menu beforehand. Choose it. Because if you don't plan these things and think ahead and put a little bit of preparation into it, you are leaving it to chance and therefore you're leaving it nine times out of 10 to an emotional decision which doesn't ever see you well. And this is it. Like We were taught this very early on in And what we do is that we were told data over emotion. And it's like, because if you make emotional decisions, nine times out of 10, they're not going to serve you well. Whereas if you plan with a logical head, you're going to have a plan that is logically devised out by you that is going to be the best case scenario for you. But even if you can't stick to that plan, it is going to get you to think more logically. Okay, this was the plan. I can't do it but how can I make it as similar to that as possible? Rather than going it with no clue, being like a headless chicken, flapping and then making the wrong decision, right? If you plan it, you're literally just making sure that success is inevitable. And it's like, if you think about it, if you plan tomorrow's food, even if it's just one day, you plan tomorrow's food and you don't plan it, which one do you think is gonna be more successful? Well, the one that you plan it. So why are you not doing it? If this means that much to you, why can't you take 10 minutes the night before to plan your food for tomorrow? That's my question. It sounds like a bit of tough love, but it's honestly, if this means as much to you as you say it does, then 10 minutes the night before to plan your meals into my fitness pal for the following day, you're saying to me that 10 minutes is not worth your results. Hmm.
1: And there's like hundred percent, if you boil down and I guarantee it's the same for your clients as well, Ryan, if you actually boil down to like your clients that have been like really, really successful, like we're talking, um, like life changing results, we're, like, we're not just talking like 10 pounds loss here and there. we're talking like 50, 60, like plus, um, losses. I guarantee you every single one of your clients there. Has pre planned. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Has, has pre planned. Like, yeah. I, I can think of all of them off the top of my head, and I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah. No yeah.
0: one that's successful doesn't plan. I like even um, Even when I go through fat loss phases here and there, I have to have a plan. I have to have a plan. Like, if you don't have a plan, you're literally going to supply. You can have your calories set out, but to be able to just track ad lib throughout the day is one a skill. If you're tracking calories, one a skill. And two, you, which means that you have to have developed it over time. If you're new to tracking or you've tracked and never been successful, you are not skilled enough to just ad-lib your day and add it up as you go. Because nine times out of 10, you're going to get to the end of that day and you're going to fall short of your calories. Because you're going to have two options, right? You're going to have either bugger all calories for the end of the day and you're going to have to have a, a dinner that's two, 300 calories because you up, had too much earlier on in the day. Or, and you're going to probably have to sacrifice enjoyment. It's going to be a very small dinner. Or you're going to go over your calories and you're going to get less results. Like they're literally your two options. Whereas I'm like, if you plan, like I always, when I go on a fatless phase now, some of the, the, one of the biggest things that's helped me with my relationship with food and my ability to be flexible, but stick to what I want it to do, is I know my meals in regards to like calorie amounts. So I have roughly a 300 calorie breakfast, two middle meals of 500 calories, and then my dinner is about 500 and I have 200 calories for some sort of dessert. They're my outline targets. Some days I'm under, some days I'm over a little bit. But because I then go into those meals, I haven't necessarily planned out exactly, but I have a plan because I have a calorie plan. And it's like, it doesn't need to be even, like I don't plan my meals the night before, but I know going into that meal when I'm making it because I work from home and I have that luxury, I can just make it on the go, and but I still have a target. I still have a target to hit because I know if I walk into that kitchen, I'm hungry. It's a lot harder to be like, well, I'm just going to like make some food that I want. And then suddenly I'm like, ah, crap, it's breakfast. And I've done half my calories for the day already. And now I'm like, oh, then you start off the day in a bad thought process, right? You're like, brilliant. I've used a thousand calories, for example. And now I've only got a thousand calories left for the rest of the day. And I've still got to have my lunch. I'll want a snack. I want my dinner. I want a pudding. And it's like, oh, and you're, 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 you're now having this like negative cascade of, of thoughts because you're like, I've messed up already and it's only the first meal. But I always say, like what gets prioritized gets done. And like planning your food for the week should be a non-negotiable, I would argue. And it doesn't mean you have to poop plan it for the whole week at the beginning of the week. But in some way, shape or form, having a plan whether you and my clients do all of these, some of them will plan the whole week out with every single meal already. They will they will have all the grams of what they're gonna use, how they're gonna do it, and they literally know they've got to follow that plan and they're gonna be they're gonna get maximum results. Some of them will just write down Monday, I'm gonna have scrambled egg for lunch, I'm gonna have a chicken wrap, then I'm gonna have a protein bar in the afternoon, and then dinner's gonna be spag bowl. They'll just write this down on the fridge Monday to Monday to Sunday, or they'll do three days, Monday to Wednesday. But that's still a plan because they know they go into the kitchen. They go like, okay, cool. Monday breakfast, scrambled eggs. Right. I know I'm going to have scrambled eggs for breakfast. I'm going to just make my scrambled eggs. But it still gives you some sort of plan. Some people do it the night before. Right. Tomorrow, I know I'm going to have this, three eggs, one piece of toast. I'm going to have chicken wrap, one wrap. I'm going to have 100 grams of chicken, lettuce, et cetera. But it's like those of you that just go into the days with no plan, your weeks, and you're like, oh, but I'm just going to track my calories as I go, I guarantee you will always fall short. Because life is stressful. It's what you've struggled with before. You're not very good at making decisions when in amongst the chaos. This is this is why you failed all these other times because when the going gets tough, you get stressed, you quit because everything's a little bit overwhelming. If you plan, you're removing and reducing the overwhelm. Even like I said earlier, if you can't stick to it, you're reducing the overwhelm. You're increasing your ability to make a logical decision and a goal-based decision rather than an emotional decision or a hedonic decision. So A hedonic decision is something that you choose based on just because you want to eat for pure. Taste of it and enjoyment, right? And that's what sometimes it's. I'm not saying it's not not okay to do that, by the way. You totally can eat for hedonic purposes. It's absolutely fine. But when you're on a weight loss journey, you don't want to be leaving things to chance because ultimately you left things to chance with your eating and you just went about your day eating and you put on body fat because you weren't planning and you weren't aware of your nutritional intake. You ate too much. Right, Because you didn't plan. You had no plan. You just ate ad lib. So ultimately, the the underlying thing is that we have an energy balance equation issue. right? So if you don't plan, even if you're tracking your calories, you've now got a target, I guarantee it's quite stressful just adding up. Because I used to have it. I used to be like, oh God, what am I going to add up at the end of the day? And, And how many times? Probably like three times out of seven in a week. I get to dinner and I'll be like, shoot, I've only got like 400 calories, I ate way too much earlier. And I'm now having to be like, I did want that, but I can't have it because it was actually like, my dinner was 550. I can go over 150, but when you do it five or six times across the week, you're halving your results. And it's like, then you get frustrated because instead of losing a pound, you lose half a pound. And then you're like, oh, well, my results aren't pretty good. Well, it's because you weren't planning and you're just leaving everything to chance. Chance doesn't cut it.
1: What also happens there is like when you get to that mentality, and I'm speaking out of experience here as well of being this person that's been in these situations before, is you get to, when you do ad libit, you know you've got a calorie target, you add it up at the end of the day. Chances are you've probably missed out some stuff anyway by accident, but you get to the end of the day and you are like, oh, I've only got 350 calories. And sometimes, depending on your emotion in that moment, so let's say you have a highly stressed day, And you get to the end of the day and you see you have 350 calories and you want something that's going to be really like six, seven hundred calories, you are more likely to be like, fuck it. Like, do you know what? I don't care. What's the point? Yeah. Because you didn't plan it out. You didn't have something already
0: planned. So there's nothing that you you're there's no set in stone alternative. Do you know what I mean? You're like, I want that. And it's not like because if if you want that, you can think, oh, but you know, I should really just make something healthy. Whereas if you're like, I want that. I was meant to have this, this, this. I've already planned it. In my fitness pal. Guarantee you the ch- the 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 times that you will then be like, oh, I, you know, I planned it. It's already my fitness pal. I'm just going to stick with that. That will happen more. I guarantee. If you don't, you're going to choose the other. You're going to choose the other decision every single time.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I've actually got a um, I've got a client right now. She's like, she's she's very good with like the data driven stuff, but. She she came to me originally and she basically been like, she, you know, she's seen some like weight loss success, but she's never been like wait, like she's never been successful long term, and she can't seem to break a certain number of weight that she loses. I think it was six pounds. She was like, I can't break that six pounds, like for whatever reason, I just can't seem to get, get past it. And because she's a very like data-driven person, I was like, you do know essentially, like weight loss is math. Like really, like when you break it down to it, it's it is it's math. It's being able to under, and it's not just math because there becomes the whole like um, psych- psychological element, like mindset, like all of these things. But from the foundations of weight loss, it is it's it's an energy balance equation. So what she does is uh, she lays out the month in front of her so I get every single one of my clients to do this and openly honestly like you if your client listen to me I know some of you don't do it you don't want to do it and that's fine there is no right or wrong as long as you're obviously achieving the deficit but what she does is she plans a month in advance and she has lost I've got her sheet here like we're just shy in the last 12 weeks of 20 pounds lost in the last 12 weeks um I very much expect probably by the end of this week it will be that 20 pound but What's amazing about this, right, is over the course of the three months, we have been diligently, um, like strategically planning out refeed days and stuff like that. And these days are essentially, that; these refi days are the days where she's got social occasions. So every single month, at the end of every single month, she puts in a diary exactly when her social events are. I wish I could pull up this spreadsheet here. It's like, it's it's amazing. And she's got her planned calories, her actual calories. So obviously when she's got these events, what she's planning, I mean, she's planning like 4,000 calories for these events. Like we're not talking like giving herself an extra 500 calories. We're talking like thousands, thousands, thousands but she's pre-planning all of this. So when it comes to that event, she's in a situation now where she's so stress-free. Does she know 100% what she ate in that environment? No, of course she doesn't. She doesn't know the exact accurate tracking of it, but she's created a a position for herself where she can go in a lot more stress-free than she normally would if she didn't plan for those events. And you can see exactly by her results, like 20 pounds in 12 weeks, like huge, huge, huge achievement, amazing. And- I ask her and I say like, what's different between now and what you've done previously? And she was like, I've just respected my calories. She literally just says, I've just respected my calories. And what she means by that is she's actually just pre-planned. She's just pre-planned and understood when these social events, because usually what she would do is it would be very much ad lib. But when it got to that point of where stress, frustration, something was trying to pull her away from continuing to do the thing that is making her successful, it was far easier to fold because she didn't understand. But now also what on the on the other side of that is because she's pre-planning, she also knows almost to a degree when to have her higher weigh-in expectations. So in three weeks time, when she's planned for 4,000 calorie day, she knows that her weigh-in is going to be higher the next day. She knows it. So she's also pre-planning like her results to somewhat degree of knowing like when there's going to be highs. And this helps her manage her expectations, right? Because now she's no longer going into that one single day being like, oh, I've weighed higher now. Like, so frustrating. It's like she knew that. She knew everything that was happening. And then also what she does here um, is because she's got planned calories and actual calories. So say, for example, we've planned... Let's say we've planned 3,000 calories for this one event, but in reality, she's like, she's been tracking it. And she's like, actually, I went well over what I planned. It was actually 4,000. Okay, cool. No problem. Well, let's just reevaluate the next couple of weeks that we've planned out and change that around again to, to get us back on track to exactly where we want to achieve. I can't stress this to enough for you. Like, this is the trait of a highly, highly successful person and that's not just inside of like weight loss like that will be across the board as well because think about the things that you are very very successful with in your life which i can i can guarantee the majority of you you have your finances in check right like every single month you're not going over you're you're not spending more than you're earning to the point of where it's putting you in your overdraft you can't physically feed the kids like all of those things i guarantee you know exactly the amount that's coming into your bank and you know the exact that's going that's going out, and you make sure that amount that is going out isn't the isn't over the amount that's coming in. So you're never in a situation, right? You're never let you're never gaining weight through um through like excess um for, for limited income of money, right? So you're never going into overdraft constantly. With going into overdraft is like essentially the analogy of gaining body fat, right? You're constantly you're constantly eating more than you're actually um, expending.
0: Yeah.
1: This is where you've got to think. That I uh, what's really helped me, right, is when I can actually relate concepts. When I can relate concepts in my head, and it makes me understand it so much better. And I think for weight loss, like that money analogy is literally perfect for it. It's like think about when you have money, right? You've been, you give, let's say you, you've got a bonus. When you get your bonus, you don't all of a sudden spend your bonus there and then in that one day on pointless stuff, right? Let's say you want to go on holiday. Well, what you do is you save that that bonus money for that holiday. So when you go on a holiday, you have an amazing time. It's stress-free, all of those things. It's exactly the same with your calories. Like yeah. if you know you're going to be going away, you know you're going to be doing all these social events, you just need to pre-plan for those events, so you can actually enjoy it and you get to then it just means you need to reverse engineer everything else but it this like ryan said right at the beginning the 10 minutes so my client here that does this over the course of a month it probably takes her 20 to 30 minutes to do this maybe not even that maybe like 15 to 20 minutes but that 15 to 20 minutes that she spends at the beginning of every single month alleviates a month worth of stress for her yeah
0: yeah
1: A month's worth of stress just for a 15 minute.
0: And nine times out of 10, it's stress, which a lot of you, if not most of you, if not all of you, stress is what causes us to overeat. Whether it's emotional stress with trauma, whether it's emotional stress with passing family member, maybe stress with illness, maybe stress with work, maybe stress with life, maybe just stress in general. It all causes us to use food as an emotional crutch. If we can... Have better stress management, then we will be successful. I say to all our clients: if you get good stress management techniques in place, the chance of you over-consuming or having these like little binge sessions go down so much because the food is being used as your stress management tool. Well, if you can plan ahead, you're reducing the stress. So when life does get like hectic and it does throw curveballs at you, your automatic response isn't just to turn to food to reduce the stress. You have a plan in place. So now you're just more likely to stick to it. But also it just reduces the stress. You're going out for meals, you know what you're gonna have. You you got a busy stressful day with work. Cool. A plan at my food for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's another that's it's another thing that's off of your plate, right? It's another thing that you don't have to think about. Pun intended. Yeah. It's just another stress off your plate, which you don't need, which can again, like when you're dealing with all the stress, you are the first one to just go to the bottom of the pile. And this Sweet. is why I think it's so important. That if you can just plan, but I'm begging you, just plan for me, guys, because your chances of success increase tenfold because you're leaving less to chance. You're leaving less. Like You can't make a good decision when you're stressed. It's really difficult too, And that's where, if you look back at every time you've over-consumed or messed up on a diet, it's because you've been stressed and you haven't made the decision that you've wanted to, you've then got frustrated, you've then got annoyed, and then you've thought, sod this, what's the point? I'm just going to throw in the towel. Whereas if you can reduce your stress, you can have a plan, which again is going to leave less to chance and leave you able to make the right decision, you're then going to be happy. You're then going to be proud of yourself because you're like, "Oh, I planned today, this today was super stressful at work. Because I planned my food, food wasn't a stress. I just went for my day, ate my meals that I needed to, and everything's good. Whereas what we don't do is we don't do that. And then we go, oh, prep on my meal. I've got to cook my food. I've got to try and work out what I can have. It's too stressful. I can't be bothered. I don't want to do it. And that's how it works. That's the unfortunate thing is it's the first thing to go because ultimately it's a stress to then cook food or plan it or prep it in the moment when you're already stressed. And then ultimately it's the easiest thing to drop because if you do drop it, you know you can just get this dopamine fix from other foods that you've got a – dopamine attachment to so you're like actually it's easy if I just drop this it's better for me feeling wise because I can have something which is going to give me a dopamine hit and make me feel better so I'm just gonna and I'd argue it's it's logical right you're logically if I drop this and I eat something that makes me feel better I'm going to be less stressed for a moment but you've got to ask yourself what's the second and third of the consequence the second or third consequence you doing that is that you go have your calories, you get annoyed, you get frustrated, you talk down to yourself, you eventually quit and you push yourself further away from your goal. Whereas if you plan, yes, it may be uncomfortable, maybe you don't want to spend 10 minutes every evening, maybe you don't, maybe you don't want to spend half an hour every Sunday planning on your meals for the week. But the friction of that is so much worth it when you think of the second and third of the consequence of that. Prepping and planning. Oh, the second, third of the consequence that I hit my meals, even if life's stressful, I've got a plan, I lose my weight, I feel better, I'm able to stay motivated and I'm actually able to succeed rather than just go around in circles over and over again because you couldn't be bothered to spend 10 minutes. Think about it like that. Is your goals worth 10 minutes an evening to plan for the next day? The answer is no, then your goals aren't big enough, your goals aren't strong enough. And I'm not sure what else to suggest. Your why is not big enough, right? If you're like every person here would be like, you know, if 10 is 10 minutes worth your weight loss goals a day? Yes, of course it is. It's a silly question, right? Everyone's goals are worth 10 minutes a day. So then do it, make sure you get it done, make a promise yourself and schedule it. Schedule it like a meeting. I get my clients to do it. Like they're gonna do walks, they're gonna go to the gym. I'm like, schedule it in your day. I get my clients to schedule downtime. When they finish work, if they work from home, I get them to schedule 10 minutes once they finish work. Some of them literally just go like lie down and listen to their favorite song. Some of them go outside and play with their dogs. Some of them go for a walk. Some of them do some meditating. Some of them literally just sit and journal and get all their thoughts out. But those 10 minutes that I get them to plan in like a meeting means it happens. So many times we don't do stuff because we don't plan it in either. Like activity-wise, like going for steps, going to bed on time. Plan it, set it, make it a non-negotiable as part of your day. And the likelihood of you succeeding quadruples like 50,000. And I I get so passionate, and it may sound like I'm being like, I'm not being negative. It's like I'm so passionate because I'm like, weight loss is hard. Yes. Don't make it harder for yourself. Like, weight loss is easy in respect of like the fundamentals of it, right? But it is hard because you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with life stress. Don't make it harder for yourself by not taking the time to plan, which doesn't take time at all. 10 minutes a day. To save you a whole lot of stress and get results it's a pretty easy trade-off
1: yeah and if there's like for some people listening to this they'll be like i understand that and i i get what you're saying but for some reason i can't do it for some reason there's something that stopping me from doing which is like uh, yeah which is very 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 normal and this is actually of what, what one of what, what my clients had where I was telling her about all of this pre-planning and she was like, I know it's gonna make my life easier, but she was like, I've got this block from doing it. So there's some sort of resistance there. There's some sort of friction. Now this is where you, if you are sitting here and you're listening to this and you're like, I get it. But again, there is that resistance for me. You have to identify what the resistance is. Like you have to find out what that resistance is because the chances are it's it's probably some fear from some point. It's like- Always, it's, it's
0: self-sabotage, isn't it?
1: There's some fear that's holding you back from the pre-planning. It could be an identity thing. It could be like Ryan's gonna go into like like self-sabotaging of some point, but there'll be something that is causing that resistance. And until you tackle that resistance, you'll never be able to do that pre-planning element. Like, I'll just give you, I'll give you a really, really easy scenario of like something that is something for myself, um, which is obviously easy to talk about because it's myself. Um, but there was something that I was trying to do for so long um, inside of a business, inside of our business. It was like a task. But every time I went to sit down, and I went to do it. I always found myself procrastinating. Like I found myself, I'd either get distracted on social media. I'd find something else to do. I'd remember a task that I had to do right, and it wasn't until I really dug into this because I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like every time I sit down, I can't complete this freaking task. Like I can't do it. And it was annoying me so much. It was causing so much stress in my life because I wasn't doing it. But what I actually realized, the reason why I wasn't doing it is because I was scared. I was scared of it not being a success. I I was scared of failure for it. So instead of thinking about like the worst case scenario that could happen, which was what I was thinking in that moment, is that you want to think about the best case scenario what's the best case scenario that can happen here because the worst case scenario right isn't actually that bad at all but the best case the upside is so goddamn big that it's it's worth it's worth doing and until i had that moment that switch in my head to like okay what is this so as an example right for one of my clients we actually identified one of the one of the friction points was the identity she was scared by doing this becoming this person almost being successful her identity her identity would shift and change and because her identity would shift and change her friends wouldn't see as the person that she would she, she, that she's seen as right now they wouldn't see us as she is right now means that actually they won't like her anymore so she loses friends like this is how deep we went into this and this is kind of the stuff that we do with our clients right this is like how deep sometimes it has to go on a call but we started to recognize that and it was always because the worst case scenario she was thinking was if essentially, like Ryan said, it was a self sabotage because if she did that, she was a different person, and people don't like her for this new this new person. They like who she is now. But until we actually were like, right, okay, well, what is the worst? What's the worst case scenario of you changing like that? What really happens? And everything that she was listing wasn't the worst case scenario. Everything that she was listing wasn't even a valid thing. Like she was saying stuff like, "My friends won't like me anymore," and I'm like, "Your friends don't like you." Just because you have a a, a little bit of extra weight your friends don't like you because of that your friends like you because of you your personality because you lose weight your personality doesn't change nothing shifts like your core values may change around like nutrition training those sort of things but ultimately you don't become a you don't like completely change like your mindset your 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 comedy your value that you bring to the group and she was like, Well, yeah, I guess. Like, but it was just like this belief that she she brought into herself. Mm. So Yeah, that was kind of again moving. That that in itself is a whole nother podcast, to be honest. Like it really is. Having like the mindset like barriers, um, friction, um, resistance from somewhere. Like that in itself is a true thing to what holds a lot of people back from being successful with their weight loss. Or anything in life, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah you kind of covered it it's just the, the thing is, is a lot of the time yeah if there's frictions you plan in it's like you like a lot of people are like oh yeah but it's effort but i'm like everything in life worth having takes effort and sometimes we have to get ourselves out of it but also it's even like your underlying reason why isn't big enough if you're like oh, i just want to look a little bit better well if you're going to be like okay every Sunday you to spend half an hour like i can't be asked. It's like, well, it's not the fact that you're lazy. It's the fact that you're big enough. Why isn't this? So it's not a priority for you. The other thing is that self-sabotage. is like there's an un, there's a subconscious part of you that is happy to stay where you are because it's safe. There's that saying, isn't it? When the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. People don't want to do it because it's going to be painful. You have to put in effort. You're not going to be bothered, right? It's going to be awkward. There's going to be times when you mess up. There's going to be times you want to quit, Right. But the only way that you make the change, when the pain is staying the same, when you understand that how painful it is to stay where you are now, and why you must make this change, yes, it's going to be painful to make the change at first. But if you can understand how much you don't want to be where you are, that gives you that driving factor. And with regards to self-sabotage, there's a subconscious thing that is happy for you to stay where you are because it's comfortable. You know it. It works with your friends, your social life. Everything is normal. You know that if you lose this way and you change the way, the things do things do become slightly different right you're going to have to think differently about your food about that and it's just this almost like fear of the unknown that's all it is and i think this is where a lot of people like i'm going to sit here and be totally honest right a lot of people don't do it is because they also fear the effort that it takes to instill the habits at first Because at first, it is frictional, right? We can make it as easy as possible. This is me really not fluffing it up here, right, and being totally honest. It's going to take you time. It's going to take you effort to build these new habits. Because the thing is, and this is something that's so crucial for everyone listening to understand, the only thing that should change when you get to your goals is the amount of food you eat. Everything you've done to lose the weight has to stay the same if you want to keep it off you have to still focus on protein. You have to still focus on the majority of your food being highly nutritionally dense. You have to stay active. You have to get your steps in every single day. You have to go to the, like the gym. like All these things you're doing that cause the weight loss, you have to continue doing if you want to keep it off. And that's where people get a little bit overwhelmed sometimes because they're like, shit, I've got to keep doing this for the rest of my life. And it's like, yeah, well, this is why something that we talk about at the Academy and I talk to my clients a lot is, this is why really you've got to shift this from like, I'm doing this to lose weight Whereas I'm doing this to be the healthiest version of me. Because if you constantly have, I'm on a weight loss journey, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm on this journey. So I'm doing all these things for this one outcome. But when you get to that outcome, people think you can just drop it all, but you can't. Like you have to still like... Still, to somewhat degree, I'd argue, like having a little bit of planning about your food should be something that you you do a little bit for the rest of the time. You just have a little bit of awareness because what it does, it stops leaving things to chance. It stops you then leaving the opportunity for you to overeat, allow life to get stressful again. What happens? You put all the weight back on. So you have to understand, it's kind of on a tangent here, so we'll wrap it up. You're like, no, that's good. When you're on a weight loss journey, nothing changes when you get to your goal, which is why... Here's how to know if what you're doing is going to work. Can you see yourself doing everything you're doing now? Can you see yourself doing it for the next 30 years? If the answer is no, then something needs to change because you're going to be doing things for weight loss, which is like eating less. But the rest of it, how you eat, how you approach social occasions, these sort of things they still have to be part of who you are. Like, even if me, like myself and Hayden, for example, we're not trying to lose weight anymore, right? Well, I am, but when I'm not, and we're just like maintaining for part of it, right? We still are aware about like, when we go out for food. We still focus on protein. We're still aware of like calories and food and how much we're eating. We still prioritize our sleep. We still go for walks every single day. I still prioritize my mental health. These are things, yes, that get slightly up the ante when I'm looking to lose weight because I want to make sure they're a little bit more optimized. But when I'm not looking to lose body fat, when it's not summer, for example, I still do all these things. Like These don't stop. And it's the same with you. You can't just stop doing these things. Otherwise, you just go back to your default habits and behaviours, which is why you are where you are. This is totally on a tangent, so I'm going to shut up now. But
1: plan ahead. Yeah, I think it's a good point, though, because it's like, I feel like so many people, and we we will wrap this up, I do feel like so many people think your weight loss journey, there's an end goal. Like I, I think, and there is like an end goal for the weight loss in particular, Yeah. but I think they see it as like a game where it's like once you reach that point, you can just stop, that's done. When it is far from the truth, like you you don't want to just all of a sudden, like you're not just tracking your calories because you're trying to lose weight. You're not just tracking your protein because you want to like lose weight. You're not just like doing all these things, like you're doing them
0: to create habits. Like habits that left, last you a lifetime. That are going to allow you to li- have a better body composition and a better health for the rest of time. It's almost like actually what we're on, we're on a health journey. You want a journey to be the healthiest, best version of you. Your body composition changing, I, I, yes, it's because you're creating a calorie deficit, but it's it's a byproduct of all the habits and behaviors that you're doing that you weren't doing that's now going to allow you to sit at a steady weight, a steady body, body fat composition-wise, that's healthy. It's like these habits and behaviors ultimately get you to the version of you that you want. Yes, a lot of it is physical and aesthetics, but the habits and behaviors and things are, are what we're ultimately creating you into a, the healthiest version of yourself. That's what it is as coaching. The, the weight loss is a byproduct. We just got to get you to eat less than you burn. But all the habits and behaviors and everything is what we're instilling for you to keep forever. Yeah. Right, you're mm-hmm. not going to track calories or eat in a deficit forever because you don't eventually cannot track calories. But you're tracking calories to learn energy density of food, how much energy is in food, so you can understand when, what's overeating and what's not overeating. Anyway, mm. it's been forty-five minutes, so we'll wrap this up. We'll talk about that in another episode as well. Yeah, right. Well,
1: let's let's wrap this party up, and we will see you next week for another episode. All right, team, take it easy. Ciao, ciao.